Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Chris and Rachel. Each week we look at, uh, you know, Alex's queue and uh, <laughs> see what, you know, if there's a movie on there that's been on there just a little bit too long. And uh, we try to clear it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Are we going to talk while we watch the movie? No. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> it's, it's Clearing the Queue, a Netflix and HBO Now and Amazon Prime podcast. <laughs> Our hosts this week are the Nerdlies. They're back. Hi, guys. Round two. When Chris... Who is the only one that messages me using Facebook Messenger? And uh-huh. I don't know if that's an, an indication on me. Or... It's probably more me. I <laughs> I would text you from time to time, but I think I just uh, I was listening to the podcast, and because I interact with you guys as a group on the podcast page, I was thinking mm. of that and sent you a message on Facebook. Yes, and um, the message was this: Has anyone ever turned the tables on you or Maddie? And I said. Why, yes, we turned the tables on each other very early on. Yeah. And Chris you know, basically said, well, I'd love to do that, too, if you ever have a chance. Yeah. yeah. Something to that effect. And um, here and we you are. forwarded that to me, and I said, you know what? We've got an anniversary coming up. That sounds perfect. So today is our one-year anniversary episode. <laughs> Happy birthday, Maddie. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you guys. Birthday. Yeah. I, so I basically just forced myself onto the podcast, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and I dragged Rachel it's along with me because... Uh, you know, we hey, do this as a team. Yeah. It's it's the new millennium. We should be trying new things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and Get new... out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we Sweet don't it. quite know what to expect. I, we don't. I mean, Rachel, what I do is I use my... You got a notepad, so mm-hmm. you're good there. I just usually <laughs> yeah. write write notes and... Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just make witty comments. Okay. And usually what I do is I <laughs> look at the Netflix page and I scroll through it and I try to find movies that uh, I want to see. And yeah. And I bring them up. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I, think, I think I can get that. But I know that you guys have a tradition. You guys have your questions you want to ask the, your guests, which We're going right into questions. We're going to... It- we're jumping I, I right think in. we should jump into questions first. He's driving you the boat. You want to you're tell us what you've been up to? Okay. I was going to have the listeners I mean, tell us what you've been up to. Wh- what have you guys been up to? <laughs> no, not much. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so I had a little special treat. I know you guys have the uh, the Pulp Fiction suitcase and uh, the beautiful bag. <laughs> from uh, the bag is way more popular than, than yeah, the suitcase. Yeah, thanks for thanks for mentioning the suitcase. This yeah. year every guest that's come on this year has been I think disappointed that the bag is gone. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, well, it's been gone for a while." But maybe what what do we what do Well, we... today I had something a little bit special for you. I uh uh you know, we're uh, we're both big nerds. We are fans of Marvel and everything. And uh you know, I had to send a message out to our friend Tony Stark. And see if we could get something from him to help us out getting you guys some uh, <laughs> some questions and stuff like that. So I actually was able to get a hold of him, and he sarcastically replied to me, didn't really want to help out. But he let me borrow Jarvis for the night. Oh, um, shit. Hey, uh, oh, shit. hey uh, Jarvis, are you there? For you, sir, anything. Oh, all right, cool. Um, so... Holy Jarvis, shit. 
man, uh, we have a supercomputer here, obviously. And we <laughs> we got access to him. And, uh, you know, I'm going to see... I had sent him a message before, asked him to compile some other movie questions for you guys. Some special wow, ones, wow, just for today. Great. So, uh, Jarvis, can you go ahead and just send me uh, those, those uh, questions you guys compiled? Excuse me, there is a message for you. <laughs> oh, great. All right, let me... Uh, <laughs> Let me check these out. So, <laughs> this is a this is a question for you guys, and I asked. I think I asked you guys this before. Oh yeah. But on the bot- podcast page, we haven't talked. You hadn't talked about it on the air yet, and I really wanted to see what you guys thought. Mm. Uh, what regular activity that normal people do, that people do in movies a little differently, that just really bothers you, or it kind of takes you out of the movie. My example was when I watch. This is commercials, but not and not movies. But when they use the credit card the wrong way, just to show the like look of the credit card rather than oh yeah, using they want, they the want to see the front side of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and now we've got the whole chip situation here, which yeah. is throwing that up. I, that's a good one. I uh, I need a time a time to think about this one. <laughs> he asked us like two weeks ago on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said I need time. My answer is sports things. When you've got actors mm. that need to do sports activities. Oh yeah. Most recently in Beyonce's Lemonade, she was destroying a car with a baseball bat and yeah. taking the weakest baseball swings. <laughs> and it was a very good scene. Yeah. Ruined by the moment that she couldn't muster mm. a really good swing. Um, movie magic, right? Movie music video yeah. magic. I just realized what my answer is. Okay. It's scenes at a bar where two things happen. Number one, a character gets to the bar and just orders a beer, but not by name. They're oh. just like, can I get a beer? And then the bartender doesn't say, like, what do you Holy want? Like, shit. Miller, yeah. That is yeah. very right. They just give them a beer, which is unrealistic. And then at the end of the scene, the person just leaves a certain amount of money on the bar and walks mm-hmm. away yeah. and never, like, goes, like, yeah, can I close out? <laughs> and like, yeah, it's going to be $18. And then they, like, do it and they run the card and then they wait. None yeah. of that happens. None of that ever happens. Leave no. a random amount of money on the bar and they're gone. <laughs> That's really good. That is really good. That's my answer. That's a good answer. All right. Um, next question on here. Here, go ahead and you can ask that second one. Uh, what movie trope do you just love? Example... Bad guy monologue, hero gets the girl. So. Mm. Movie tropes. Um, a lot of stumpers. I got one. <laughs> I have a, I, I know, and Alex knows what mine is. The movie trope that I love is Peter Parker watching Uncle Ben die and then learning <laughs> that with great power comes great responsibility. I, I could see that. They could just keep remaking Spider-Man's origin story, and I would just keep watching it. Okay. <laughs> mine might not be... Like, what about like stories that are told out of order? Mm. That's a good trope. Yeah. That's a- um, I also am a big sucker for like the Groundhog Day repeating... Yeah. Like uh, that movie uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal, like Seven Seconds or mm. something like that, mm-hmm. took place like on a... A train or Edge of Tomorrow was great. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like they're always really entertaining. I've got another one. <laughs> I'm really into like the stoner friend. Okay. <laughs> who's just there purely for comic relief. Yeah. I'm I like I would like every movie, even like a serious drama, to have that like goofy stoner friend that's just like ordering <laughs> pizza and cracking jokes. Just to like keep things a little light and loose. Mm. I like asshole bully. 
Ooh, Ooh that's I recently one. watched Goonies, and Troy uh, is like the antagonist <laughs> bully henchman dude. And you're into that? Yeah, I just like because they always get their comeuppance in the end. Right. And so like, so like very... a character like uh, that. I can't remember his name. Bradley Cooper played Zach. Yeah, Zach and Wedding Wedding Crashers. <laughs> Great. Perfect yeah. asshole bully. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I think my favorite is probably car chases. chases. If it's a really good, well-executed car chase, I can mm. forgive a lot of stuff in the movie <laughs> for a good car chase. Anything for you, Rachel? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Nothing? she's <laughs> like I just ask the questions. Can't really think of it. <laughs> That's, That's true. sometimes how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last question before we start digging into the Great. cues. Okay, uh, is there a movie that you revisited that you liked way better the second time you watched it? Hmm. I have a weird answer, which is the first time I saw There's Something About Mary was with my mom. Oh. <laughs> and it was on rental, so it wasn't even like a theater. It was just the two of us on like a snow day oh, or something. No. And I just didn't think it was that funny, but I also was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Not like kids level uncomfortable, but kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> and then I saw it later and I, I was like, I still can't believe oh, that this kid's is great. story. I, I honestly cannot believe that kid's story. <laughs> Kids is another movie I might enjoy more the second time <laughs> for the same reason. Um, I think I know my answer. It's, it's fairly recent. Um, we saw Anchorman 2 in the theater, actually, together. Okay. And, you know, on the spectrum of sequels that get remade 10 years apart, it was not the worst thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't as good as the first. But I saw on Netflix the uncut version Every scene, they just let go about two or three minutes longer and ad lib, and it was oh, so awesome. much funnier. So it's not quite like I, you aren't quite seeing the same movie, right. but that movie I was like recommending everyone, guys, see the uncut version. Like it is a, a, a different movie. You gave it the hard sell. Yes, yeah, so have you seen it yet? <laughs> yeah, it was funnier. Yeah, it wasn't like amazing, but you were right. I mean, it was better. I have three answers for this. First one is Royal Tenenbaums. I went and watched it at a dollar theater with a couple friends. Didn't get it. But I think I watched it again a couple months later, and I ended up actually finally getting it, getting into the characters and really liking it. And as subsequently watching it, I liked it a lot more. Superbad was one as well. Mm. I got it. It got way overhyped for me. People were like, oh, it's so much funnier than like 40-Year-Old Virgin and Anchorman and all these movies that I just loved. And I got to the movie theater, and I was like, okay I, and as yeah, i watch I it watch it on either. tv afterwards it was ah, okay this is getting better uh old school also i i thought it was okay i thought it was pretty funny but every single time i watch it again i find something new about it that i think is funny i still think my favorite part is when the kid gets slapped in the head at the beginning of the movie and it has no consequence <laughs> to any other part of the movie and i think that's also a random trope that i like just stuff that happens that doesn't is inconsequential to the rest yeah. of the movie. <laughs> Scanner Darkly. Yeah. Scanner Darkly, like, I... I, I is that a Keanu you... movie? It's a Richard Linklater, yeah. Waking Life type oh, okay. Yes, yeah, it was a Keanu in there, yeah. Someone bought it for me, thinking that I would like it, and then and the first time I watched it, like, I couldn't even, like, I don't think I watched it all the way through. Somebody I bought just, the like, movie for you? Yeah, I forget. I think my brother bought it for me, because he was like, I think you'd like this, and I just, like... 
it was almost too weird and I just like didn't really get it. But then I sat down again and like watched the whole thing. And I think that was like the kicker was like I had to watch everything. And then it finally started to make sense. And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking awesome. I like, think you owe your brother an apology. It's visually, yeah. yeah. I, feel like, I feel like you received the gift and didn't display the proper amount of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. And now you need to return that to him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I love that movie. It's a really good one. Cool. All right. Well, we found out a little bit more about you. <laughs> good segue. Good. And uh, I know where it, this is going. How, how do you normally use your cue? How do I normally use my cue? All right. Well, things have changed <laughs> drastically for me personally since I've started a podcast about this very subject. But um, I now I see something interesting, something that I feel like I have to watch. Passcode. <laughs> and I and I add it and I add it to be watched later. It's something. Nothing makes it there. That I don't hopefully intend to watch. And okay. I'm trying to be a little more disciplined. So what was the decision? Why, why are we looking at Alex Q, not Matt's? Uh, oh, I don't know. I think in your Facebook message, didn't you say, like, has anyone ever looked at your Q? And I think since the message was to Alex, he assumed oh. it was him. <laughs> we could just, like, <laughs> scrap this right now. I would have to open way more tabs to... <laughs> to look at both of our cues. <laughs> but just so the listeners know, you've got... Triple the Q power pulled up right now. Yeah, got we three have lists. Amazon Video, Amazon Prime, which we've never done before. Yeah, so I need to just say that this is a this is we're we're going where no man has gone before. This is a massive, massive Q. <laughs> Q's everywhere. Yeah, Q's for days. Talk about Q horizon. What do they, by the way, just, <laughs> what do they call? What do they each one call it? Just to as a point of order. Oh, Amazon, it's the watch list. Yes, that is the watch list, and HBO also calls it the watch list. Ooh, uh oh. I smell a lawsuit. What just happened here? So we're going to watch three things tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a marathon <laughs> of three wildly different movies, yeah. too. And there's so much. I mean, I already know because I, I, I'm attuned to this. There's so much good shit on all three. <laughs> like, this is going to be hard. There's so much good this shit. Is, this huh? is going to be a little tough. And we don't do t- you don't do TV shows on your show. You can say we. You can we, say we. We don't do TV shows on the show. <laughs> but uh, you have some great ones on here on Amazon Prime, which was X-Men... Rocco's Modern Life, Doug, Doug, Ren and Stimpy, Freakazoid, <laughs> Spider Man, okay. Batman. All right, animation. okay, okay. They get it. They get it. <laughs> but they, I mean, those are great, great titles. You don't have to be any. <laughs> oh, this is a safe space. Yeah, this is a safe space. <laughs> the Nerdlies are hosting. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. We love all of those things. So uh, I'm gonna go. Um, we're gonna look through HBO now. Uh, the watch list here, because most of the Amazon Prime stuff is TV. So. Uh, that's not really going to work for our format. How come? Since we can't watch a whole season. That's yeah. the answer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we can watch like a microcosm of the show, but it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, you you love sports documentaries. I do. I do. I do. I don't watch enough of them. You have one on here that's the Running Rebels of UNLV. <laughs> I just don't know anything about them, but I know that UNLV was like a big thing during my lifetime, like... They were a big NCAA thing, and, and I read the description, and apparently they had a really interesting demise. Like, there was a big mm. scandal, and that's why they just disappeared. The only, Literally, the only thing I know about them is that sometimes in crosswords, the clue will be running Rebels, and the answer will be UNLV. <laughs> <laughs> and I've learned that from doing enough crosswords, and that's it. But I do think that you would probably watch this on your own, right? And the point of this show is to watch 
something that you probably wouldn't watch. Yeah, that is the point. Although, I don't know if you'd watch this on your... This seems like something that you'd put in because you think you should know about it. So it might be a might be a candidate. But I, what do I know? I'm just a second guest. I'm just a friend of the guest. <laughs> I know. I'm just the engineer, basically. And Rachel, this is where you write down. Oh, yeah, I'm writing. Okay, oh, she's got it. She's got two pages of you, notes. You, know, you just you take the pen, and you, I don't think you get it. Like, the book is a very difficult... I mean, what I do is super important. I write it. Hold the pen against the paper. The ink comes out sure. on its own. I, it's it almost, comes out on You don't need to press a special I, button like for the ink to come out. No, no, that's not. That's true. That's true but for like, some pens. You do have to press a, a clicker. If, there's no quill. There's no inkwell. No, but like it's stenographies involved. It's, a, it's an important thing. I just want to make sure. I got it. Okay, good. Oh, good, 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 good. All right, well... There are a couple movies in here that I think might be a little bit too long for what we do oh, on the show. Too, preaching which to the is, choir. <laughs> we have <laughs> 85 minute attention span. We have um, English Patient, classic, but probably a little long for our format today, too. I mean, look, does anybody know anything about this movie? Because <laughs> it has to have Hugh Grant in it. I've never seen it. Here's something you need to know. Like, I'm very interested in trying to watch as many Best Picture winners. It's true. If and when they cross my path. True. Don't cry that. Put that one on there because. All right, all right. That's one I would never watch unless was forced to. Is Hugh Grant in it? No. Uh, Rafe Fiennes Rafe is in it. Fiennes. I said it right. <laughs> we have Rafe Fiennes, uh, Juliette Binoche, who's from in Chocolat. Oh yeah. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Sure. Kristen Scott Thomas. Colin Firth. Hmm. I just yeah. have no idea what this is. Produced I would by the love, Weinstein's. I would love to have. I just want to say I've seen this and be like, and have an opinion on it. Yeah. All right. I'm sick of not having an opinion on the English patient. <laughs> we'll throw that on here. How long I is it? I want to know what the title means. Mm. What do you, true. like, what could it? I picture it being like an American doctor and like Hugh Grant is his like patient. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I... It's like a buddy comedy sort of thing. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I feel like we should re-pitch that as the new rebooted English. <laughs> totally. It's Channing Tatum as a doctor. <laughs> Hugh Grant is his patient. I think there's like a romantic element to it. My prediction yeah, is there has to be. be. English patient's going to make it to the final the final four. That's of, your prediction? Yes. Right. I, think, I think that's a... Uh, it's a good one. It's two hours, 41 minutes. Oh, Ooh. God. That's a little oh, rough. We're going to watch it. We have to start really. now. Yeah. Um, you know what? Start. Let's start it up, and we'll just keep recording while the first the couple side, scenes yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, Demolition Man, I'm... Sure, you've seen. I've right? never seen. Can never I tell my Demolition it. Man story? Yeah, just don't spoil it. Uh, I won't spoil it at all. <laughs> my parents used to once a year go off on like a little romantic vacation, and they had a close family friend who would watch the three kids, myself and my brother and my sister, while they were gone. They would do this once a year, and her boyfriend would always take me and Danny to see a movie that my parents wouldn't let us see. That was like part of the deal. Is that how you saw Batman Returns? Um, No, that's how I saw uh, Frankenstein. The like early '90s Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Mary Frank- Shelley's Frankenstein, Holy shit, and that? that's how I saw Demolition Man. Too young, oh, and wow. uh-huh. and it was the fucking most badass thing I'd ever seen. We were, <laughs> what year did it come out? This is let's see here comes out like '93, probably '92. Got to be. Uh, I, mean, I mean, this is date? like uh, the plot is a little Austin Powersy. I mean, this came before it. It's like a frozen cop. Yeah, he goes to the future. 
It's Wesley Snipes versus Sylvester Stallone. It's fucking it's awesome. Definitely super, know, that's it's definitely super 90s. I mean, like, nothing 90s should escape my purview, especially something that's this over-the-top and yeah. comic booky. And I just... That is going to be in the final film. I think so, too, because that, <laughs> that one's a fun one. It's a... It's You've seen real, it? I've seen it before because our friend, mutual friend Brian Bergen, who's also been on this podcast... Sure has. Uh, it quotes it all the time. And <laughs> he's very <laughs> much a big fan of this I think movie. Sandra Bullock's in that, too. She I sure is. She is. The yes, shells. She is. So, like, I know enough about some of the stuff, but I just need to freaking see. It's a good one. Um, a couple of ones we're mo- we'll move on to Netflix. Um, Can I just... You're going to see something in my Netflix queue that I started doing. And that, for some reason, Netflix has all of these crazy Nick Cage movies that have come out in the last three or four <laughs> yeah. years. That I've that I've just never heard of, and I've been adding them and adding them and adding them. And I see them at the bottom here, uh, seeking justice. These all sound like they could be Steven Seagal movies as well. Uh, <laughs> seeking justice, rage, <laughs> trespass, which looks like it stars Nicole Kidman. They're all one star too. They're wow. all like, and I morbidly curious that like one time like. This will not happen because I'm a 34 year old man. <laughs> but like the idea of like having all my friends over and like binge watching a bunch of these really shitty Nick Cage oh, yeah. is something I've I like. That's why I've added them. Because I see. There is one on the bottom here that I'm semi interested in, which is Nick Cage in a period piece. What it looks like called Outcast. He is in chainmail and has a sword. <laughs> read the description. Their father is read, dead. Read their the brothers responsible now he's after them and it'll take a fearsome force to save them <laughs> yeah i'm a huge it's, i mean i'm a huge oh man. the return of hayden christensen that's <laughs> the name movie. of the movie oh what? that's in the in this oh uh, yeah the God. movie's called outcast with, w- this, with a c i would watch a movie called the return of hayden christensen starring outcast <laughs> i would watch that as well i think that would be very very interesting <laughs> Um, I'm going to throw that on the list just because I, I Nicholas Cage in a period piece. We really should throw one of those. One of, we, I mean, of those things, they're on there for a reason. This is a good. I will never watch those. Yeah, like I said, it's a fantasy. But okay. <laughs> all right, so two things that jumped out on on your Netflix queue: The Iron Giant and Princess Bride. I have, have seen the Princess those? Bride. Yes, the Princess Bride okay. is one of the greatest movies of all time. The Iron Giant, again. I'm an animation nut, and I've heard such incredible things about this movie that I, ha- I, I just there's no real excuse. I just I haven't found the time to do it. I'm really excited to see that one's a final four contestant. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a that one's a good. I've one heard people tell me that like they've like that movie's yeah. like, moved them to tears, and uh, I just it just didn't for some reason it didn't appear appeal to me. I don't. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what decade the this Iron from. Giant. Like nothing. This movie, I, I feel like I've. Yeah. This is a movie. This is like an, an, an. This is an animation fans. It's been a long time. Movie like yeah. uh, like a comedian's comedian. This sure. is like a animators animator animated movie. I don't know. <laughs> no, you yeah, the concept, right? A musician's yeah. musician. Yeah, uh, no, I got it. Yeah, like Jaco. <laughs> he's a bassist. Bassist. Yeah. I've. I don't know anything about this movie. The name sounds familiar, but that's it. Read a, read the description for for the listeners and our dear friend, Mister. Amid Bonco. the backdrop of the Cold War, a nine year old befriends a colossal yet gentle robot that a paranoid government agent is intent on destroying. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. 
It's definitely got a lot of levels to it. I haven't watched it in a very long time. Yeah, I don't and believe I've seen it since it came out, and I don't remember that. Which the year on that too? Nineteen ninety nine. Uh, so I think there's a little. I think the giant might be in three D. It might mm-hmm. have been like a little merger. It, it might have been in that in mm-hmm. that uh, hmm. in that wheelhouse. Yeah. There, there's so there's a one movie on here that I haven't watched, and I've heard referenced in a bunch of pop culture. Uh, and stuff like that, which is Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Yeah, yeah. Which is a big advertising movie. I only know that one scene with Alec Baldwin, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Read the movie. cast list because it's. Glengarry like- Glen Ross is fucking amazing. And that's one of those oh. movies. That's a movie that it maybe feels like homework for you to watch, but is worth watching. Dude, my cue is so good. And you know who's in it? Read the cast. We got Al Pacino. Can I just say how good my cue is? It's really good. <laughs> I have so Al Pacino, much good- Jack Lemon. Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Alan Arkin, and Ed Harris. That's a that's a dynamite cast. That movie's insane. So uh, we we have to put Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross on here just because it, it is. Even, I've never seen it. it. Um, I don't know that that I, mean, I don't know it, that I would watch it either. Empirically, that might be the movie because I will see the English Patient. I will <laughs> find a way, but this one will just. I, I think this us. one would pass me up if I don't this is try gonna, to watch it tonight. It's going to tear me up. This is gonna tear me up when we have to decide this. <laughs> All right, so let's let's read them off. What do we got for for our list? Rachel, this is the most important part <laughs> of the podcast. Okay. This is and it's a, and it's good if after you read each one, you sort of struggle to remember which movie it is and try to give like a one sentence description. <laughs> but like sometimes your your description can be, uh, I think that was the one. <laughs> All right, we have English Patient, Best Picture. <laughs> don't know much about it <laughs> there is a patient and he may or may not be english no, yeah. the more you editorialize as you read these the yeah. demolition man <sighs> badass time cops futuristic that's, that's a good sell <laughs> that's a good sell that's a great sell uh outcast nick cage period piece only on there for the only on there for uh the iron giant um like classic child's movie Yes. Great animated film. And then Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Iconic. Wow. That's a, I mean, that's a big list. Is there it's, anything What's funny is, like, I don't think of us as having the exact same taste in movies. But. And yet, hearing that list, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with every one of those movies. <laughs> yeah. This is a tough list. There's a lot of good choices here. Yeah. We can't really go go too wrong. I, I would say that... Um, just the the length of the English patient kind of scares me off, yep. and the fact that you would probably watch it at some point. Yep. Find a find an excuse okay. to find a like long flight. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we take that off. Yeah. Just because it is a best picture winner, there's got to yeah. be some merit to it. Okay. I'll have to um, wait to have an opinion on it. Yeah. I think we take that off. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I need your help. I want your okay. help. I want you to. Talk I need to look. This. I'm a visual learner. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So demolition to... man. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything on there that pops out at you as okay. something you wouldn't watch without us here? Here's a criteria that might filter things that we don't necessarily want, which is is there anything on here that none of us have seen? I'm a little I'm communal in that respect. Cuz I feel like we've all seen everything. The only I've the only ones on here I've seen are Demolition Man and Glengarry Glenn Ross, and I'd happily watch either one of them again cuz it's You've all seen time. The Iron Giant? I I, can't, I I don't remember much from yeah, it. I've watched it a long like, time ago. Yeah, Put a star all. next to Iron Giant. <laughs> uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. None of us have seen it, uh-huh. and Matt highly recommends it. 
Yep. Star that one. Okay. We got Demolition Man, which would just be a fun one to watch. Yep. I don't think we should watch this but, stupid Nick Cage movie. Okay, cross, it definitely won't be the <laughs> cross Nick Cage. Okay. All right, all right. I so, mean, that gives us three, three very good ones. Yeah, Demolition Man, Iron Giant, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Those are great. Very contenders. wildly different movies too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yet all nineties or all Glenn 90s, Gary, Glenn yeah. Ross might be late eighties. Uh, I think it was late eighties. Yeah, right. but that I mean, three Glenn Gary, Glenn movies. Ross mm-hmm. is a little bit appealing because it is a little bit different. Um, Iron Giant is obviously a classic, and I think mm-hmm. it's worth a watch. It's it's really up to you. Do you want to leave it up to Rotten Tomatoes, or would you like to? <laughs> Let me consult my former my all co-host. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are, we, what are we thinking here? I like all three. Yeah. Can you just, just tell me that it's going to be okay? It's yeah, it's going to be, right. oh, be fine. Okay. Everything either, we've got. Either way. I've got three great choices. Mm-hmm. I can watch. I can. So like, there's no at this point, there's no way to go wrong. <laughs> okay, you, you could have gone wrong if you had picked that stupid Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, that would have but been very point, wrong. I don't think you can go. I wrong. I think we would have all gone at least I, zero I stars. Think, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go. Here, this is how I typically reason things out. All right. I think about what I'm gonna regret. What? Which one I would regret most? Having like having not seen. Yeah. If I went my rest of my life having not seen it, I would regret blank the most Ah, and i would regret not seeing the iron giant the most Mm. all right all right that's it let's Let's watch it that's the only one i haven't seen yeah we'll go with iron giant we haven't seen it in forever so yeah i haven't seen it long so yeah well that's a good decision we're gonna fire up the i don't need your validation (laughs) (laughs) you don't do this for me this is this is for you we're clearing your cue he was about to say uh, what were you about to say about the listeners the listeners are gonna hear the trailer for the iron giant we're gonna go watch the movie and come back with our thoughts there we go What are we looking at here, Mr. Manley? This is no meteor. This is something much more serious. Invaders from Mars. Hey there, Scout. Chip Manley, you work for the government. I have something for you. Where did you find that? Up at the power station. Hogarth was out there the other night. Really? So, I guess you're not gonna hurt me, huh? My own giant robot, I am the luckiest kid in America! Where'd he come from? He doesn't remember. He's like a little kid. Little, yeah. Sputnik. It's like that giant thing in the woods. We don't know what it can do. What are you talking about? You think this middleman is fun, but who built it? The Russians? The Chinese? Martians? Canadians? I don't care! You are going to tell me about this thing, and we are going to destroy it before it destroys us! We gotta show them you're good. You are what you choose to be. I'm Superman. My son is out there! We've gotta help him. Hogarth, no! Giant? 
I feel like one of you should say, and All right, we're back. Oh, yeah. All right, we're back. <laughs> and, and we're back. And I feel like you guys have to do the recap, too. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was planning on it. It should be relatively simple. So we'll do the recap of the movie now. Mm-hmm. Hogarth Hughes is latchkey kid sort of situation going on. <laughs> he loves critters and all kinds of weird stuff. He runs out into the forest because he hears a noise. He's a very brave little child. Finds a gigantic robot. Government comes in, tries to find out what's going on in this town because someone called it in because it came down like a meteor, and it's your typical uh, kid hiding a creature of some sort to uh, away from government officials, and then we get to uh, the final standoff between the military and a gigantic, obviously iron giant robot. And uh, the robot learns how to appreciate life and uh, ends up kind of sacrificing himself for the town because of the hubris of the military mm-hmm. shooting a atomic missile at yeah. a... <laughs> Uh, well, it wasn't even the military, it was a crazy rogue agent. Who was just Shooter like, McGavin. Damn. Shooter McGavin, yes. So I wrote down a couple of things during the movie on on my just little list because we we talked about movie tropes just a little bit before uh before we got into actually selecting a movie yeah and this movie is full absolutely full of tropes i my list yeah. was i wrote down two of them as hard-ass well. government agent mm-hmm. uh overworked single mom mm-hmm. lash key kid uh the hyper kid on coffee <laughs> and uh oh, yeah and the the overzealous like military sort of thing. Totally, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'll add two to that. I wrote uh, one trope that I love is when kids are smarter than adults. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. That's yeah. just like that's that's South Park. That's like why mm-hmm. South Park stays fresh because the adults are idiots and the kids mm-hmm. are smart. And then a trope that I don't like is just like generic Eastern European villain. This one, mm-hmm. they sort of got away from it, but it, it took place during the 50s. And so, yeah. like, the whole concept was, like, if it's Russian, it's bad. It's based in the Cold War, so you kind of have to have that. But, yeah. yeah, he even says, like, in his long little soliloquy or whatever in the in the soda shop, and he's like, I don't know if this thing is Chinese or German <laughs> or Russian, uh, Martians. I don't care. But I, it's not from us, so we got to blow it up. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, man. Yeah. That's uh, that's a little rough. Yeah, <laughs> not a whole lot has changed. Uh, <laughs> I was I did think a lot about the fact that you in 1999 you could make this movie pretty safely. Yeah, because like we were doing okay with Russia, and it, mm-hmm. you know you could sort of just make a movie about it, and it it didn't feel like a commentary on yeah current events. It was more like historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you could make this movie in 2017. Not not with that tone, especially the way that that guy came off. He would yeah. be even even more of an evil character. I mean, he's still a very evil character. He basically yeah. ordered a nuclear strike on a small town <laughs> mm-hmm. in Maine because of a gigantic mm-hmm. robot. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that was great. I loved that movie. Yeah, I, I was really totally it. into it. For for you as an animation geek, what what did you think it was- of the look? The look was great. So the director is this is guy Brad Bird, who mm-hmm. uh, Rachel said during the movie, he's like, oh, this guy wrote and directed The Incredibles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his 
I don't know because I actually didn't do any research. I just wanted to mm-hmm. say, yeah, you're the guest. He, I'm curious what school he came up through. Like Disney, the, so he came up through the Disney school and mm-hmm. kind of went out. And this was produced through Warner Brothers. Yeah. And um, and I know when he went to Pixar, he was the first outside, like director. outside hired director. Yeah, yeah probably. Was, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I was looking and I was like thinking that the character models looked. Kind of similar, the jaws, like jaw lines, like yeah. everything kind of looked similar. Yeah. But it was one, it was gorgeous, and two, it was just like a, an animated story about like it was all in the character performance. There yeah. was not like a lot of ha- like stuff happening. It was mm-hmm. no, it was really just like yeah, kind a of a very, journey like, of adult, like it, like kind of like The Incredibles. Like it was like a, almost you know like, like a, everyday like a stuff. regular yeah. like yeah. movie. It didn't feel like super cartoony and like it's hard to goofy. I mean, yeah. it had its moments, but it still felt it was like, an that, like drama. Other than like, the 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 giant itself, it looked like it all could have been filmed practically. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Well, and you also wonder like wh- who the intended audience is. Mm-hmm. Like why you know why make this movie why animate it? And so like yeah th- exactly the re- this was a, f- a commercial flop. It, like, yeah yeah flops. they said that Warner Brothers the marketing was not very good on it. Well and, how would you I mean yeah and how how do you how market would you a movie market like this, this movie like if if you're thinking I mean like the four of us I, I think enjoyed it mm-hmm. but like what's the broad appeal of this? It would be an art house like indie yeah. animation movie basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't really market it towards kids because there's not. There's a little bit of goofiness here and there. There's yeah. obviously animation tropes. But like, like, you say like art house, but there's nothing really art house. It was like very mainstream storytelling. Yeah. Like yeah, when you think of like art house, you think like, like no, weird. yeah, it wasn't sure. weird. It at wasn't all. weird. No, but then the second thing about this movie is like the dialogue and yeah. the story was just really adult and quick witted yeah. and mm-hmm. it felt like PG thirteen. It didn't feel like a PG. Yeah. Oh yeah, or for sure. G-rated. Yeah, that's true. I made a couple lists. So, yeah, so good. The Iron Giant. I, I the the title sounded familiar, but I didn't know anything about it. And mm. so I made um, a list of the top five irons and the top five giants of all time. <laughs> so my top five irons of all time. Number five is a five iron uh, okay. from golf. A golf club. <laughs> What? Number four. <laughs> curious, curious that it would be a five iron, but okay, keep going. This is number five on my list. <laughs> number four, Jack Irons, former drummer for uh, Pearl Jam. Okay, okay. Number three, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Who okay. you'd think like mm, he should be the one seed, but number two, I have the Iron Throne. Yeah. Okay. From okay. Game of I can Thrones. see that. And then number one, uh, the Radiohead song "My Iron Lung." Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> And that's then a, I've that's also a dark got, horse thrown up there. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I have a top five giants. I have an honorable mention, because I don't know if this qualifies, but the band, they might be giants. Okay. okay. I don't know if they are or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five is the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay. You got to include him in the top five. Uh, number four, the John Coltrane album, Giant Steps. All right. Number three, uh, one uh, small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Uh, okay. Uh, the phrase. Uh, my number two all-time giant is Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants. And number one, of course, is Andre the Giant. All right. Very good. The Jolly Green Giant didn't make the cut. Oh, that, yeah. Well, I was, was thinking like... that was going to be in there. 
I feel like the Coltrane thing was self-indulgent, so maybe the Jolly Green <laughs> should be number four. What, what did you guys think of the voice cast? I'm going to be a party pooper and say that, like, once I knew who they were, it ruined it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, did it? Like, yeah. Once I knew that the mom was Jennifer Aniston, I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally Jennifer Aniston. And Whereas, then you're just hearing Rachel. And then like, I'm just hearing Rachel. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Not, not this Rachel, but Rachel from Friends. Yeah. No, this yeah. Rachel was talking through the whole movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard a lot of Rachel Green. No, the voices were good. They weren't like, you know. I really like that it was Shooter McGavin as the villain. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a really good movie villain in totally. Happy Gilmore. And he, he executed yeah. that little, this little role of like being the hard ass government agent really, really well. And that's he's just good how at he doing, is. like crazy anger. Like, oh, yeah. Totally so, in his wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. He was in it just like almost as much as, as the kid, as yeah. Hogarth, the little kid. He little might boy. have had more lines. Yeah. Yeah. I love that they never explain why his name is Hogarth, which is such an odd name. It is yeah. an odd name, yeah. And they even reference it being an odd name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like they never... Kind of name is you Hogarth? have to have something in the IMDb trivia for that. The only thing they say is that the last name of Annie and Hogarth, Hughes, is an homage to Ted Hughes, the author of the original children's book upon which this movie was based. Oh. Well, let's talk about that children's book, because... They made a musical out of that book that Pete Townsend from The Who wrote the music for, yeah. which I had that CD growing up. My dad had that CD. We listened to The Iron Man is what it was called. It was just like random 80s kind of dud of a Pete Townsend CD. <laughs> and I had no idea that that's what this movie was based on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty obscure, I feel like. I wouldn't have known that this was even based off of a book at all. Was there any artwork with around the CD that looked like this? or was Not there... even close. It's just a picture <laughs> of like Pete Townsend's face on a blue background with a bunch of weird bloopity bleepity things. It's not even... Yeah. No. That's awesome. How, how did you feel once you... Because you were trying to guess throughout the movie who the voice of the Iron Giant was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you yeah. feel once you actually got it? Which I felt it's, like it's, it's full Vin circle. Diesel. It's full, it's full yeah. circle because Vin Diesel's doing... The same shtick 20 years later. As Groot. Yeah, yeah. As Groot. Even the ending is it's exactly been... the same. Like self-sacrifice yeah. Yeah. and then explodes and then yes. a little epilogue where you see that he's reborn. Yeah. I feel like if I, if I would have watched this before I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, I probably would have cheapened Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. For yeah. Me, <laughs> to be honest with you. Especially if I had watched it within like a couple months of going to see that movie. You're yeah. like, yeah, they're doing this to Vin Diesel again? Like, <laughs> what is going on? The raccoon in this movie didn't have any lines. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> he was just stuck in a tidal wave. Yeah, of, yeah exactly. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were some good, really, really good visual gags in this. Like, yeah. It, it was just... Just really well done, really yeah. well made. We obviously we've talked about this last time that uh, last time we were on here that we love reading IMDb trivia, and Rachel had been slowly scrolling through as we watched the oh, movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> let, what were your favorite little bits? So it's I, I haven't seen these. There's ones yet. a lot, but um, I like the excluding the yells and groans. The Iron Giant only says a total of fifty three words. Which is also like Guardians of the Galaxy, which yeah. he had right? four, I guess, because he says, I am Groot, yeah. I am Groot, and uh, <laughs> we are Groot. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, five yeah. words, yeah. five yeah. words. Um, see, another one was when the giant looks over the hill at Rockwell, there's a moving star near the moon on the right hand side, and that's supposed to be Sputnik. Oh, oh Sputnik. We had already started to get in, in this time in the 99, I think we had started getting. To know what satellites really did, and there were a lot of movies in that time that were very satellite-based, like GoldenEye 
is a movie that came out, I think, in 99, right? Or or 97? Or a little bit was earlier. earlier than that? A little earlier. But that one dealt with satellites, and yep. people still, like, slowly figuring out what satellites did. You've got the Dave Matthews song, Satellite. You've right. got yeah. the Counting Crows <laughs> album, Recovering the Satellites. You've got the Flaming Lips album, Transitions from the Satellite Heart. All 90s. All mid-90s. Uh-huh. Yeah, we figured out what it was, and now we added it into Via Satellite? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> way you could have someone... Uh, Live. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this might be one of my favorites. Is the, it's the first traditionally animated feature to have a major character, the title character, who is fully computer generated. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We should probably talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Toy Story came out in 95, so this is four years later. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 2D movies stopped kind of being cool right around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can kind of see that this was sort of like, in addition to just being tough to market, just not having that same hook. Right. But uh, the 3D looked cool, and it was great to have a nice stiff yeah. robot. You don't yeah. have to like, animate anything too difficult. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the next two are just kind of... I guess ties into the fact that Brad Bird was originally like from Disney, because like he said, it said that um, in the scene where the giant's hand was in the living room watching the television, it was a um, it was a Maypo commercial or like a cereal commercial, and they changed it to, um, in the signature edition to an ad for the Disneyland attraction Tomorrowland. Um, Brad Bird originally wanted the Tomorrowland ad in the movie. Um, as an homage to like Disney, but Disney wouldn't allow them to use it, and then he ended up directing Tomorrowland. The movie Tomorrowland. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. The movie that killed Tron. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Brad Bird. <laughs> and then I just think it's cool too because it says Frank and Ollie, the two train men that Kent interviews after the derailment, are characters of Disney classic animators Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. Big hurt. They perform the voices for those characters as well. Oh, oh, they that's actually cool. did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And they were also talked about how it was deemed a box office failure, even though it got high praise from critics. The low earnings were partly due to the fact that the film debuted the same weekend as The Sixth Sense. Oh, oh that's a that's a freight train <laughs> in and of itself. The Sixth Sense. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts before we start doing our rating? I guess for the movie. No, but I think we should address the fact that. Netflix is revamping their rating system, and this might be the last episode where we get to use the five-star rating system. Or the first episode where we use the new system. Up to you. (laughs) So Alex sent me this article. I didn't even know there was a new system. So they're ditching the five-star system and going to a straight thumbs-up or thumbs-down system. Ooh, I do not like that. Gladiator style. Apparently they rolled it out for a lot of users last year as like a test thing. And it got, like, twice as many responses. Like, more people rate things when it's just thumbs up or down than if they have the pressure of the star system, hmm. which we've experienced a yes. little. <laughs> but I feel like it's hard to... I, I don't know. I Well, it's hard to, like... I feel like the algorithm will be... I mean, it'll be easier for Netflix, but yeah. I feel like it'll mess up some of my algorithm if I'm just giving thumbs up instead well, of... Well, there were two things that in the article that were interesting. One was that what they were seeing was a lot of people rating documentaries five stars and rating comedies three stars, but watching more comedies. Oh, okay. Which I think we've experienced. And the other thing they said was that they are going to give you a percentage prediction. So instead of you seeing like, oh, Netflix thinks I'm going to give it four stars, it'll give you like an 86% or like a 
75% mm. chance of you liking it. So it's it. kind of like Rotten Tomatoes in a sense. Totally. So they're stealing they're Rotten Tomatoes. They're stealing Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, it's basically like Facebook meets Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so, but they haven't rolled it out yet, so I feel like we could still do the old star system now, and then once they switch over, we switch over. Let's do it one more time. One last, one last, one last ride with the star system. So, Matt? I'm going to give this go four ahead. stars. Four stars? This was great. Yeah. I'm also going to go four stars. It was everything I expected it to be. It was way clever, and the writing was so much better. Like, the animation was as good as I expected it to mm-hmm. be, but I can totally see why Brad Bird has become a star. Um, I think I would say the same. Only because it is just such a small story, I can't push it up to to five right. uh, on my scale. How about you? Yeah, four stars. Four? Yeah. What would have bumped this it up to five? This is our first think? unanimous star rating, I think. <laughs> uh, a more original story, probably. Yeah, like the the plot as you knew what was going to happen pretty early on. Yeah. So that was pretty much it. It though. was like a technical achievement. Mm-hmm. It was uh, clever, clever, good voice acting, mm-hmm. like technically sound, like just a good cult cult classic. How do you market that? Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. No idea. <laughs> Come see the. <laughs> Come see a well-executed animated film for young adults about a small town in Maine and a big robot. <laughs> you right? Got, you got any news for yeah. Alex? <laughs> I think we have good news for you. You are one step closer to clearing, clearing the queue. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was clear in the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q U E U E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at Clearing the Queue, Facebook.com slash Clearing the Queue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. 